Welcome, welcome, welcome to Call Room Banter. I'm your co-host, Ben Blankenship, Olympic finalist, three-time U.S. champion, and world record holder. I've been in call rooms with some of the best athletes in the world, and I'm here to give you my raw, unfiltered hot takes. Hi, everybody. I'm your co-host, Jesse Gabriel. I'm Ben's better half. I was a very mediocre D1 sprinter jumper and then an assistant coach at the University of Minnesota, but I've spent the last decade working in track and field marketing and communications. I've helped to put on Olympic trials and world championships, and basically I'm just here to keep this train on the rails. We wanted to do this because we talk and argue about track all the time. And while there's a lot of trash in here, there's occasionally a gem of an insight we figured might be interesting to somebody else. So let's get the show on the road. We're going to test out these podcast waters with some predictions for the U.S. championships, which are being held July 6th through 9th in Eugene, Oregon at Hayward Field. We'll be focusing on the distance events for now. Who is making the team for the world championships in Budapest? We'll be going through the 800 meters, the 1500 meters, the 5000 meters, the 10,000 meters, and the 3000 meter steeplechase fields. We're going to be first focusing on a theme of the race, talking through the big names and the main entries, going back and forth with a bit of banter, and then finally in each section we'll be giving our predictions. Each section will probably be about five minutes, so if you want to skip ahead to something that you're particularly passionate about, you can kind of game it out that way. First up, we're going to be talking about the women's 800 meters. Now, the world standard in the women's 800 is 15980. I feel like the theme of this race is who is stepping in to fill the hole left by a thing Mo, who is going to be running the 1500 meters. Obviously, a thing is the defending Olympic and world champion, so it's a big deal that she's not running in this 800 meters. Can Ajay Wilson bounce back from a disappointing New York City Grand Prix race? She had an uncharacteristically poor performance there, but as we know, Ajay is the queen. So what do you think, Ben? No doubt Ajay Wilson's going to win this. I I think Raven Rogers is going to come in for a second with Sage Herta-Klecker. It's going to be tough for her to make the team, but I think she's She's pretty much a lock. I, I I really think both men and women's 800 this year is a little bit boring. I, I think there's a lot of a lot of folks stepping up, but just haven't yet bridged that gap to be like, hey, I deserve a spot on the world team. I, I think there's a lot of women who have run really fast. 14 women under two is is wild, but I just don't see, you know, 11 of them breaking into that to those top three spots. So just. For some context, I would say some of these big names are Ajay Wilson, Raven Rogers, who, as we know, is an Olympic and World Championship medalist, Sage Herta Klecker, who has really come on the scene in the last couple of years, Allie Wilson, who was fourth last year, Nia Akins has had a pretty tremendous season, and Michaela Rose, got to throw in her in there as well, NCAA champion from LSU. Yeah. I Again, I think Nia Akins has won a lot of races. Allie Wilson competes really well, but uh, come on, who's going to break into it? I, I, I think it's really, does Ajay Wilson show up, command command the win? Raven Rogers is looking to make the team because she wants to make another world final. And, and I think Sage Herta Klecker has to be thinking about, hey, this is my first team. I need to go through worlds. I need to go to worlds without any mishaps. I can't be watching... Budapest from a European hotel again. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with you. I think Ajay 
showed the class that she has always shown when she ran that 158 low in Paris. That was in June. It wasn't that long ago. And you know, we haven't seen Raven race that much. She didn't, she didn't race indoors. Um, but she has run too flat. And the thing about Raven, we know when she was a duck and she came through in that four by four to have the women's team get the triple crown, she's a gamer. So she does always seem to show up. And I think that you're right. I think Sage, Herta Klecker has just continually improved and improved. And it's almost hard to believe that she hasn't made a global team yet. It feels like she has. So it does almost feel like this is the moment for her to break through. Yeah. I, 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 I think the only tough part seeing it really quick is does she get caught up in the excitement of, Hey, I I might have a chance to win this down the backstretch. And she goes a little too early and somebody comes in Michaela Rose comes in really strong with the last 200 or Nia Aikens times it really well, or Allie Wilson kind of locks out and, and people are tired with 50 meters to go and she fights for every meter and makes the team. I, I just don't see it happening. I really don't. I see those three kind of moving on and then we'll, we'll see what happens. I think with the thing, Mo, you could have four women go to the world final, which would be insane. Yeah, I mean, I think that if somebody makes a mistake, then then the Ali and Nia are coming up and they're coming in hot. I don't think there's going to be a huge gap from whoever is in third to fourth and fifth. I think it's going to be tight. So I think that if somebody makes a mistake, it that third spot I do think is really up for grabs. But in general, I think going into predictions now... I like that. <laughs> My predictions, I think, Ajay for the win... Sage in second, Raven in third. And I'm just going to flip the order a little bit. I got Aji, Raven, Sage. All right. Next up, men's 800 meters. The world standard in this event is 144.70. I think if you're going to make the team in this, if you haven't already run that, you're going to have to run that in order to make the team. Uh, Theme of the race, who wants to make the team versus who wants to win. And also maybe subplot, which Clayton Murphy shows up. I would say big names. We know Clayton Murphy, Bryce Hopple, Isaiah Jewett, Will Sumner, Brandon Miller, Isaiah Harris, and Devin Dixon. That probably rounds out the the top of the field. What are your thoughts, Ben? It, it comes down to Clayton Murphy to me. I, I, I He's got to make the choice, and I think he's probably thinking about it right now, is how does he execute the best race to win? And I, and I think that is really the name of this race is does Clayton Murphy show up to win or does he show up to make the team? And I think those will have a dramatic impact on how people get through rounds and, and how the final really goes. I think we have to mention rounds. Will Sumner is coming off a long NCAA season. And there's three rounds to get through. And it's the first time he'll compete against guys who are really comfortable at 145, 146. I think when you're at the NCAA level, he didn't have to deal with that. He made moves, and it was his moves to make. Will Sumner, for context, University of Georgia freshman and NCAA champion just in this outdoor season. He has the fastest seed time in the field uh, I agree with you. I think going through rounds is maybe going to hurt him. There's three rounds, and you have to be strong, not just fast. Someone who's had a long season and perhaps doesn't have the experience at this level, I think is it's going to hurt them that there's three rounds that they have to run through. 
I mean, but a college kid sneaks on every once in a while. Clayton <laughs> is factual on that one. That's true, but I don't think it's going to happen here. I think you know you say is is Clayton making this decision between is he wanting to make the team or is he wanting to win? I think Clayton always shows that he shows up to yeah. win. I don't think it's a question for Clayton to come into a race and put it out there on the line. And you know maybe he's taking a big risk and maybe he's making a decision that perhaps in the end doesn't get him onto that team. But I think there's no scenario in which Clayton Murphy doesn't go for the win. Yeah. I, I think as we run through this field, right, Bryce Hopple, he's just kind of boring. I never watch a race of his and I'm like, man, that was super exciting. That was something that I want to rewatch. He is coming into form though. I mean, he won New York Grand Prix in 144 mid. I mean, super solid against a, a good field. And I nearly fell asleep. Mm. <laughs> I, but uh, Isaiah Jewett, he, he's run really fast over 400 meters. Is that going to play a factor into it? I mean, I think so. He PB'd in the 400 meters in June. He ran 45.29. Pretty fast. 45.29 is a fast 400 meter time for an 800 meter yeah. runner. We know that he likes to go out front, so that speed is going to help him off of the line and getting ahead of everybody. Is he going to be able to hang on? Yep. That's the question for Isaiah Jewett. Yeah. And then you have, you know, Brooks Beast. You have two guys. You have Devin Dixon and you have Isaiah Harris. Will all these guys make the final? I think we'll lose somebody. It'll be, and it could be somebody right away in the first round who makes a mistake, over overestimates their fitness and overestimates their confidence and gets called out. I don't know who that's going to be. I think it could be a Will Sumner. It could be a Brandon Miller that gets called out right away, misses the big cue and has to watch little cues come and his name never gets pulled up. So you think Brandon Miller goes from qualifying for the world championships on home soil last year to not making the U S final this year after switching (laughs) coaches to Bobby Kersey? Maybe, maybe. I I think that's unlikely. It could be, could be. I just, I think overall this race just is going to be exciting but it lacks something for me. And I don't know what that is. I think Clayton, without Clayton, it, it's super boring. I, Clayton makes this race for me. Okay. Predictions? Clayton, Bryce Hopple, you could interchange three. I, I, I just, I want, I'm going to say it because I want to make it happen, is Isaiah Harris. Uh, it's his, it's his year. Let's go. All right, I think switching him around, I think Clayton makes a big move and just gets pipped. So I think Bryce Hopple for the win, Clayton Murphy in second. And I'm going with the speed guy. I'm going Isaiah Jewett in third. 1,500-meter women. World standard in this event is 403.5 or a 422-mile. This is the race of the meet. I mean, the depth on this start list is insane. Even without... Ellie Purier, you you look at this list and you your eyes don't even know where to go. You don't even know how you can even begin to formulate who's going to be in the top. At least that's how I feel. I mean, and then you add in this wild card situation with a thing Mo being entered in the 1500 meters. And I cannot wait to watch this race. It's going to be a good one. I'm super pumped. I I think the big story is what does Elise Cranny do? She's entered in three events, right? 10K is the first night. 
I think she would have probably scratched if she didn't intend to run the 10K at this point. So does she come off a victory or come off making the world team in the 10K and say, hey, I already have one spot. I want to win the 15, and then I'm going to have fun in the five. It's a real, it's a long weekend, and I'm going to get lost in the weeds here because just thinking about running three, four races throughout the course of this weekend is super exciting, and I, I'm pumped to watch it. But I, I, I think the storyline really is everybody's got to make it to the final. you got tons of big names. You have Corey, you have Nikki, you have Emily McKay, you have Danny, you have Sinclair, and then you have Nikki. Everybody has been running so well. Everybody's got to get to the final to make this one of the best 1,500-meter champs in a long time for women's 15. I mean, I would say I think women are a little bit different than men, and normally you don't have the sort of catastrophic flame outs that you sometimes have in a men's 1500 where somebody gets left behind who it's just shocking yeah. that you expected they would have made the final. I think it's less likely to happen here. I think all of the women on this list are super savvy. Yeah. Um, so I don't necessarily think that we're going to see somebody get left out of the final. I mean, you mentioned all of those big names. Sinclair Johnson has kind of come through and shown. Kind of. She even, ran four flat. Yeah, she ran by herself. She ran four flat basically alone. She's the defending champion. And Sinclair has given us no reason to think that she's anything but ready to game. I mean, Corey McGee and Nikki Hiltz have both raced a ton, went over to Europe, raced in the Diamond League meets. I think both of them have shown that their experience really shines through and pulls them up. I kind of think Elise isn't running the 15. I think if she I think I think if she runs the 10k which we'll get to later, I think that if there's a an event that Elise scratches, I think it's I, the 15. I, no, no way. And this is why. Because of all the names we just read, she wants to come in and win. And she wants to win against the best athletes possible. And I think this is the year that she comes in and says, "I'm winning it." And I, it's so tough. I, and mostly because I look at it from my lens of like, okay, if all these big names were on the men's side, which we'll get to, it's going to be slow. It's going to be tactical and people are going to make wildly terrible decisions all the time. And it's going to be kind of a shit show. But I think, like you said, the women always seem to run very professional races and they're always right around their PRs. So it's going to take a four flat to make this team. So who's in the best four flat shape? And to me, I, I, I think it's Sinclair. I think it, Corey and then Nikki. I think they have all shown that they're there. And if I was Corey, I would really make sure I timed my kick because you know Nikki is going to come. Guns blazing. Guns blazing with 100 meters. Yeah. I mean, we haven't really mentioned Danny Jones, who I think perhaps a little bit of inconsistency, but still knows how to get to a final. Yeah. We haven't mentioned Emily Mackay, Helen Schlachtenhofen. Both of them have had pretty good seasons rounding out into yeah. form in the right time. But, I mean, I think the upper end of this race is just so strong. What about Heather McLean? I, oh my God, we haven't even mentioned Heather McLean. Like, I, this is what I'm saying. This race is 
insanity. We're how many minutes into talking about this race? And also, we haven't even talked about a thing. Does she make the final, though? I See, I think that that's a super interesting question. I don't think Bobby Kersey is putting a thing into this race without some level of confidence that she can show up and do something respectable. And, and a thing not making the final in the 15 would be a little bit disappointing. Coming in with no time. Yeah, coming in with no time. <laughs> coming in with no time and being like, oh, I'm here to participate. That was really fun. I got to go home now. Yeah, I, I I just don't think that a thing is coming in with nothing in the tank. I think there's going to be something that happens. But, I, I mean, I will say I do not think that a thing is a factor in the final. I, I don't think that there's been any indication so far that we can expect that. Obviously, she is an incredibly talented 800-meter runner. Yeah. And oftentimes, very quick 800-meter runners can transition very well into the 1500. Some, some. Some, but I, but I don't think that we're going to see that at these championships. I, I think the one thing that's really hurts a thing is is the fact that she hasn't been in the environment where it's pushing, it's shoving, it's I got to get to the inside because I need to be efficient over 1500 meters. And I think she's run so many races where, hey, I'm out front, I'm out of traffic, and I'm really focused on maybe one, maybe two people in front of me. She hasn't dealt with bodies moving, pushing, shoving, all saying, hey, I'm, I'm here. Yeah, I mean, the, the 1500 meters is a very physical race. And everybody in this field has a lot of experience in capable of running. Yeah. In navigating just so many people all around you and not falling, not tripping, not almost falling. I think we're going to see that play out very, very clearly. Okay. We got to get to predictions. What are we thinking? I am going to go with, Oh gosh, this is just so hard. Okay. I'm going Sinclair for the win. Corey McGee in second Ah. and Nikki Hiltz making another team. That's my top three. All right. I'm going with it really fast. I'm going Sinclair Johnson, Elise Cranny. And then I'm, I'm going Nikki Hiltz. There we go. All right, Ben men's 1500 meters world standard is a swift 334 20 or in the mile 351 we have some big names here we have yard and goose cole hawker cooper tier hobbs kessler sam prakel johnny gregoric can't forget about matt centrowitz we have eric holtz casey comer casey nevelbart we got some names in here i think theme of the race has to be favorite versus the field can Nagoose live up to the expectations and the pressure in the moment? And I would also say again, subplot, Cole Hawker Redemption Tour. Then after that, it's probably a fight for the third spot, in my opinion. This looks like the funnest 1,500-meter race to be in. We, we've never had, for a long time, nobody at this depth has come in to say... I, to say I'm here. Like I, I look back and I think central came in and immediately was good. He didn't run that fast right away, but he came in and said like, okay, I know how to do these rounds. I'm going to make teams. 
Yard Nagoose is a little bit of an outlier who has already gone and set an area record and really hasn't shown that he's great at running rounds. He doesn't have that much experience at it. And and the one year he he came in and people thought he was going to make the team, he, he was flat-footed. Well, you are ignoring the fact that he did qualify for the Olympic team. He but made it through three rounds there, made did. the Olympic team. Of course, he didn't end up competing at the Olympics, so we were kind of stripped of the ability to see how he performed at the highest level, a global championship level. But I do think that... But everything's been kind of time trials. And I think when he came in to the trials that year, it, it was like, okay, there might be a college guy. But I really look at the trials and I'm like, well, one, I was in it and, and it was terrible. But I really look at it as I, I was like, Josh Thompson, uh, Craig Angles, none of them really stepped up and said, hey, this is my Olympic spot to, to make. Yeah, we didn't even mention Josh Thompson and Craig Engels at the top. I mean, no. two people who have made teams before. I think, I mean, there there is a lot of depth here, but I think that, again, similarly to the women's 15, which is so strong, it, it's it's a top-heavy, deep field. It, it is. It is that, but I, I, I think there's a couple clear favorites. And one of my picks is coming off a 145.8, is Hobbs Kessler. And I and I think the way he ran at LA was was awesome. It was gorgeous. Just to see him up on Cooper Tier's shoulder being this kind of a kind of a pest really. He was just <laughs> there constantly and I and I could see that Cooper was kind of annoyed. He was just constantly there and I and I think it showed Hobbs Kessler's maturity and it showed that hey, I'm willing to put myself in the position that I haven't put myself in yet. And, and, and I'm, I'm here to make the team. I'm, I'm here to be a contender for spots and to be a contender for the win. I, I, I do think he's going to take a lot of momentum from the season that he's been having and say like, hey, I, I'm a big guy here and, and, I, and I'm ready to hold my own. I mean, you could say that about Sam Prakel, too. I mean, Sam is coming off two U.S. indoor championships. He's kind of had a breakthrough of yeah. a year. And I mean... Both Sam and Johnny Gregoric kind of exist in this space where they do know how to make teams. They do. Right? And no matter if they're the fastest name on the season's best list, they figure out a way to get themselves in it. So, I mean, you can't count either of them out I, either. You can't, You also, <laughs> you also, I'm just going to say it because if I don't say it, it will come back and bite us in the ass. Like, you can never count out Matt Centrowitz. Ever. No, you can't. No. Or, or a guy like Eric Holt. I, 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 everything about the women's 15 being professional, being pretty clean, goes right out the window. <laughs> and you're going to see this sloppy 1,500 meters where people are going to make wildly terrible decisions. I mean, you're not in the race, Ben, so who knows if that's actually going to happen. Bad decisions are kind of your <laughs> yes, ML. Yes, they are. But <laughs> I, I, I will defend my decisions based on the fact that like, I, I felt at the time they were great decisions. <laughs> does an Eric Holtz, does a, does a Casey Comer or a Casey Nevelbard make wildly bad decisions throughout this race? Because it's their opportunity to show who... The, who the, give themselves some kind of reputation and say, hey, if, I, if I'm out front making decisions, I'm a player in this race. I mean, I think Eric Holtz has shown that he makes really great decisions tactically in yep. races. Almost 
across the board consistently in every race season he shows that he does he might not have the the flashiest pr but eric Holt has shown that he's found ways to win races yeah. of course the caliber of those races are not what we're talking about when we're talking about a yard and, and a goose and, performance and i want to say one thing about prs i always look at somebody's fifth fastest pr in that event and i think that gives you a clear indication where they are that i might get egg on my face for saying that but i think you need consistently be at that pr area to say, hey, this is what I'm capable of. And Eric Holtz, yes, makes great decisions. He ran a great New York race, but I don't think the caliber of the field is the same. I also don't think he stood on the start line actually believing he can make a world team like he does this year. I, I, I think there's a lot more pressure right now on a lot of guys like a Hobbs Kessler, a Cooper Tier, and we haven't really mentioned Cole Harker. I, I think he's going to be... If he learned something from 2022 is he's got to be a little bit anonymous until he rears his head and says, hey, I, I'm, I'm here. I'm making this team. I'm making another global final. I think that these last months of kind of injury difficulties that Cole has had over the last year have really shown him to just becoming this mature, much more somehow like centered athlete. I feel like we saw that at the Portland Track Festival. It was patient. It was trusting. It it, it just seemed like this was Cole 2.0. And I feel like that is going to shine through. I think Cole has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder yeah. to say, okay, yeah, it's been a rough few months, but uh, don't forget about the name Cole Hawker. I'm going to yeah. show you why. Yeah, I totally agree. So on that note, I'm kicking it over to you for Jay Gabe's predictions. I think Cole for the win. I think You're maybe, stealing mine. <laughs> maybe that's an upset pick for some people, but I don't think so. I think Cole takes the win. I think Nagoose comes through in second. And honestly, I think Cooper Tier goes three. I think it's Cole, Nagoose, Cooper, one, two, three. Those are really solid options. I, I'm going with Cole for the win. I, I'm going to say I'm going to go out on a big limb and then nobody will ever listen to this podcast again and say Hobbs Kessler number two. Whoa. And I think Yared Nagoose is three because he doesn't run to the same ability he's run all year. So those are my top three. Cole, Hobbs Kessler, and Yared the goose. Next up, women's 5,000 meters. World standard in this race is 1457. A lot of the women in this field have already secured that time. We have a ton of big names here. Probably biggest of all, Alicia Monson already had a pretty extraordinary season so far. Trains under Coach Ritz out in Boulder. We have Emily Infeld, who now trains with Team Boss. Uh, Josette Andrews, also just recently having joined the OAC. We have some BTC representation here as well. Elise Cranny and Carissa Schweitzer. Can't forget about Ellie Hennis, who trains with Coach Mike Smith up in Flagstaff. And then we have Natasha Rogers, who who has started running for Puma, and Wayne Kaladi, um, Under Armour, training with Stephen Haas um, in Flagstaff as well. This is 
a very solid field. I think theme of the race has to be OAC versus BTC with caveat Ken Emily and Phil crash the party. What about Wayne Kalati? What about Wayne Kalati also? Subplot too. Yeah. This is a good one. I think Monson is the kind of strong arm in the field. Go out and do what she always does is is just hope to wear everybody else down. Does Carissa and Elise kind of work together? It is the last day and, and the last race of Elise Cranny's possibly big three victories. <laughs> As I said earlier, I think... I'm sure I will be proven wrong instantaneously, Both of us but whatever. I think Elise is going to go 10 and then, and then scratch the 15 and then run the five. So in my opinion, Elise is going to be showing up into the 5k. Yeah. So we should consider, we're going to consider all of them as though Elise is there because that's what we have to do. Sure. Yeah, of course. So yeah, Elise and Carissa, we don't know much about the kind of shape that Carissa Schweitzer's and she's paced a race or two, I think. Um, but we just haven't seen that much since, you know, she got hurt at the world championships last summer, um, in the second event that she was racing there. And we don't really know what kind of shape she's in. So we don't know which Carissa is showing up. And that's a staple of BTC, right? Don't show any cards. Don't race until, you know, like championship season. (laughs) I mean, we would be remiss not to say Josette has really shown, a resiliency in in switching training groups and coming out strong, smashing her 5K PB, and then kind of being disappointed, thinking she was going to run even faster. Yeah. I think that that's an indicator of the type of fitness that she's in um, and kind of the expectations she has on herself. But Infel shows up. She's a global medalist. I, this is a good race. I, I think Monson's going to come out, like I said, a, a, and dictate everything. And I think it's really who stays the most calm and who can weather the storm the longest. I, 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 my opinion is that Elise Cranny with 600, 800 to go takes over and kind of runs away with it a little bit. I do. I do. Even on tired legs, I, I, think, I think there's going to be a lull and she's going to take advantage of it. And, and so will Infeld. And I think Monson still has a little bit of proving to do that she's that much better than everybody else. I don't agree. I think you're wrong. I think Alicia Monson is head and shoulders above everybody wow. else this year. I think she's she's had those proving years. They <laughs> happened. Remember the last couple teams that she's made and she looked super solid? I mean, the the Olympic trials 10K race is what comes to mind, right? Like that yeah. was the po- proving ground where Emily Sisson just crushed everybody's souls in hot, 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 just hot weather. Out. And, and everybody else, it was just, you know, a mess of bodies behind her. And I think having lived through those experiences, Alicia Monson has come out and just established herself as this consistent, strong, unmovable object. But, but the thing that I find challenging is she doesn't do anything else. It's the same thing every U.S. champs is. You're talking about race strategy? Yeah, race strategy. She comes out, she runs really solid laps, hopes to wear everybody else down, and, and then comes through to make a team. I just think people catch up and people figure it out. And, and, and now I think there's a little bit more depth with 
Krista Schweitzer. There's a little bit more depth. With I mean, Krista Gisette. was there before. But I think people have caught up a little bit. I, I think Josette could have a chance to kind of steal the show because she knows exactly what kind of shape Monson's in. Yeah. Prove me wrong. <laughs> I mean, we're going to see. We'll see soon. We haven't really even talked about Natasha Rogers, who sort of came through and made her first team last year. That was pretty special. Yeah. I mean, I think in general, this is not in the end going to be too surprising of a result. I do think it is this sort of head-to-head battle between OAC and BTC with, in my opinion, OAC sort of coming out on top. But let's go to predictions. I think Alicia Monson takes the win. I think Gisette is second. Close. I think it's going to be close between Alicia and Gisette. And then in third, I think it's going to be a battle between Infeld and Elise. I think Elise is going to be coming off that 10K on tired legs. And I think that Infeld, just with the amount of experience that she's had racing, as well as recent PRs, I mean, she just PR'd in the 3K. I think Infeld comes through in third. Okay. I'm going to walk back to 200 meters to go. Monson has the lead. Four women are still there with 200 meters to go. And Monson has a devastating fade over the last 100 meters. She's, we'll get to the 10K. But I think it's Elise. I think it's Josette. And I think it's Infeld. And I think Monson gets left off the team. Men's 5,000 meters. The world standard in this race is 13.07. And... I think the theme of this race has to be who's going home devastated. We have some big names, Joe Klecker, Woody Kincaid, Grant Fisher, Paul Chalimo, Abdi Noor, Cooper Tier. There are some people here who in any other year, you'd be like, there's your one, two, three, there's your one, two, three. And this year, someone's going to get left off a team and go home devastated. Go home devastated. I love that. What do you think, Ben? Uh, I, I think Paul Chalima's back, baby. He's back. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is such a tough one. Grant Fisher holds the American records in both the five and ten. How is he not going to make a team? I, this is a tough one because I think Joe Klecker and Grant both needed to be pretty quick. I, I, I think Paul Chalima, Woody Kincaid... Both benefit from it hanging out. Yeah, they have good kicks, uh, which have, mean that when it comes down to it, those two are just going to burst ahead of everybody. So cannon father here is Connor Mance, Emmanuel Bohr. Do they push the pace early knowing, hey, uh, if we get things going and we and we get it rolling, I have a better shot at finishing higher. And, and maybe that benefits Joe Klecker. Maybe it benefits Grant Fisher. Paul Chalimo, I don't think he cares. I think he'd prefer it to be just good enough. It's just good enough running to drop a few people. And he's going to run the best last 400 out of everybody. Abdi Noor, he shows that he's a 13-0 guy falling, taking a lap off. Yeah. I mean, as I'm looking through these entries, it starts to feel, to me, kind of a little predictable. I'm not going to lie. I, I don't know why, but I I think the reality of the 5K, 10K double, which many of these athletes are entered to do, yeah. 
is is kind of taking the edge off of if I were just looking that at this as a solo race, I think it would be a little bit harder to determine. But I think the reality that the 10 You're thinking Opti Noor. I, I am. Yeah, I I'm thinking tell. Opti. I think I think he's 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 still training in a great environment up in flag with with Mike. I and think Woody now. And Woody. I mean the two of them are showing that they're coming through, they're training well, they're in a great environment. And I, I mean, I agree with you that Paul is back. I think Paul, it doesn't, it's easy to forget that Paul meddled at the Olympic games. Yeah. People are just like, oh yeah, like I forgot. No, it just <laughs> happened. It was not that long ago. I feel like track fans' memories are like goldfish memories. Six <laughs> seconds in and they're like, oh, that guy hasn't done anything in two weeks. <laughs> and they forget, but Paul Chalimo is a multi-time Olympic medalist. And, and I think watching back to the, the trials for Tokyo, he looked at Grant the whole last lap and was like, come on, man, can we start this race yet? Because I would really like to race. And it never happened. Paul just was better. And, and I think Paul possibly has that chance to kind of cement his legacy this year, this championships. Yeah. I mean... It is pretty difficult, like you said, to just take these names off. But as as I look through it, I think I, I feel pretty confident in my predictions, man. Should we go to predictions? Already? Yeah. Oh, wow. All right. Here they come. I'm going Woody with the win. I'm going Paul second. I think the two of them are duking it out over the last 100 meters with strong kicks. And then I think Abdi Noor is third. I think... No Grant and no Joe in the 5K team. Devastating. <laughs> Devastating. Uh, and I'm, I'm not going to... Man, my picks aren't that different. I got... Got Abdi Noor. I got Woody Kincaid. And I got Paul Chalimo. So same three. You just think... Is that the order you think? That's my order. You think Abdi's winning? I think Abdi's winning. I... Now that I say it out loud, I would like to change my predictions. <laughs> but we're sticking with them. They're locked in. Women's 10,000 meters. World standard is 30-40. We have some big names here. Wayne Kaladi, Elise Cranny, if she runs all three. Carissa Schweitzer, Natasha Rogers. And in the end, it all comes down to the theme of the race, the Alicia Monson show. Can Wayne Kaladi make her first team, though? First track team. First track team. It, I, I, I think there's a lot of big names. I, I, I think this one's a little predictable. I, I think you're right. I think Alicia Monson comes out and says, hey, 10,000 meters, it's mine. I, I don't think it'll finish that order, but I think that's, that's pretty predictable. I mean, are we in agreement that Elise is running the ten? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I, it, she went to declared for the 10. It's the first event. It's the kick off her championship season with a win. <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there now. <laughs> Isn't that different than what you just said? I, she's winning everything, apparently. <laughs> as soon as we start talking, you, you're just Elise, all Elise I, all the time. Apparently. I don't, I don't know why. So I would say that... Yeah, I mean, I don't think that Alicia Monson is getting beaten in the 10K. I think if there's an argument to be made that she's getting caught in the five, it's just not going to happen in the 10. Wow. 
It, I think Alicia just has a strength. I mean, they've even talked, the OAC team and Ritz have talked about the progression that both Alicia and Joe are going to have into the marathon. I think they have this long-term, super solid strength outlook. And I just think there's not really a scenario where Alicia doesn't just, just win outright. I don't think it's long enough. I don't think I, if the weather is good and that's a big caveat here, if the weather is good in Eugene and it's not hell for 10,000 meters, I see a lot of people stick. I see at least two people sticking around and that's Carissa and that's Elise. Oh, I, I it's, it's all well and good to talk about Carissa Schweitzer and how great she'll be able to perform what if is now a fit. home track, right? Yeah. BTC moved down to Eugene, and so they sort of have this home field advantage with the championships at Hayward Field. But we just, it's such an unknown what kind of shape Carissa is in. So you obviously have to give her the benefit of the doubt. They're not showing up if they're not going to compete. We know that about BTC, right? We do. And so you have to assume that she's feeling ready to take that on. I mean, I think that Carissa's chances are better in the 10 than in the 5. I don't really have any reasoning behind that. I just have a feeling. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I we're, and we haven't really mentioned Wayne. I mean, Wayne ran that 10K night of the 10,000 meters. She, great. she looked good. She looked strong. But I mean, I think in the end, it's going to be Alicia ahead of everybody else and everybody else fighting for the last two spots. I, I just, it's, I think if it plays out that way, like you keep saying, then it's a really big gap between everybody else. And where you're at, at three, 500, 1,000 is kind of where you're going to finish. I just think if you think Alicia Monson's going to go out and devastate the field like like an Emily Sisson has done in years past, then it's just devastation. It's absolute devastation. I, I don't see that happening. I mean, I think you're taking my words a little bit out of context. <laughs> I am saying that Alicia is going to be in the front and not give up that position, and it's not going to be I, a, a race to the finish line who's going to win. I think Alicia is going to be the clear winner. I'm not saying that Alicia is going to win by like 700 meters, which is what you're making it sound like, but I do think I'm that pretty Alicia... Sure that's what you said. Yeah. I think Alicia is coming through with that the pedigree of what she has already shown. All right. Predictions. Predictions. Okay, I'm going as hopefully is very clear. Alicia in first, and then I think Elise in second, and Carissa in third. Yeah, uh, so I'm going Carissa. Carissa for the win? Yep. Woo! And we're not going to get into it, but Alicia Monson, Elise Granny. Those are my three. All right. Okay, up next. Men's 10,000 meters. World standard is 2710. Uh, is it just me or is the world standard just getting so much faster every single year? So fast. 2710. Think we're still talking about sort of the same people. Woody Kincaid, Grant Fisher, Paul Chalimo, Joe Klecker. You're throwing in a Connor Mance and a Sean McGordy. But in the end, I feel like theme of the race is... Who can run the best last four hundred meters? It, this is a this is a, a 
it's predictable in the sense that Connor Mance is going to take it for a long time and, and hope to run legs off some guys. <laughs> it kind of goes back to the 5K a little bit. I, I think this is the year that you're going to have to, you're going to have to pick. Does Grant Fisher make a team or does Joe Klecker? And I think this race could put one of them on the team. Which one is it going to be? I don't know yet. I, I think we, we have to see the Paul Chalimo that shows up. Uh, it's the f- first event for him in the, in the weekend. I, I think what we saw at the night of the 10 K shows that he's super strong. And I think he has a new level of, let's say maturity from what we saw a little bit before. I, I, I think it's, I just keep coming back to like, it's going to be a group of four guys with 400 meters to go. And Woody Kincaid, he's going to kick for the win. Paul Chalimo's going to be there. And then it's going to be Grant or Joe, or maybe I'm totally wrong. And it's Grant, Joe, and Woody gets left off. Finally. <laughs> I mean, Woody does seem to find a way to make teams. Um, I, I think you're kind of underselling Joe Klecker here. I think Joe has shown the last couple of years that he's always there. He knows what the heck he's doing. He's in a great training environment. He has, I feel like there's stability with Joe Klecker. Like, you know what you're going to get, which I feel like you always say is like a recipe for Success. someone to, to, well, I mean, I think that there's always a possibility when somebody sort of knows what they're getting with you, that they're going to be able to come in and like, mess things up but I feel like Joe just knows what's up I, I I think you're you're discrediting the reality that Joe Klecker is going to come in very very prepared for this 10k race totally totally and I think this is the first year that Woody comes to the championships not being like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna sandbag for three three fourths this race and then I have this brilliant last kick I think this is the first year that Woody comes comes in as as a clear favorite for both teams. The question is, does a Sean McGordy take advantage of, you know, these big four kind of looking at each other and he finds that last hundred meters and he's like, hey, I'm on the team again. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Sean is kind of the surprise. I'll spoil something. I just don't think that we have seen anything from Sean that shows we're going to get that. Obviously, that was what happened last time, too. So it's the BTC special. The BTC. But see, that's what it is with Grant as well. I mean, we have seen Grant race a bit. Grant is obviously an incredible talent and has shown tremendous strength in being able to do both the five and the 10. But we just don't really have a good handle on the kind of shape that he's in. Obviously he ran a super quick 5k. He got beat by a couple people in that race. A couple people who are in this race beat him in that race. And I think that that just raised a little bit of a question mark. Where is Grant Fisher at in his training? Is he, was he on heavy legs in the big bulk of his training preparing so that he could be ready at this time? I personally think so. Yes. Do we want to go to predictions? Paul Chalimo's back. He's the fastest guy on the field. I got Paul. I got Woody. And then I have Joe Klecker. I think Joe Klecker's going to come through. So you think Grant gets left off and goes home? No, 
no no team. I think nope. you didn't have him on your 5K team either, did you? No, he's going home. Grant. He's going home to train for next, you know, U.S. championships. He's got a whole year to prepare. Come on. Okay, my predictions are Joe Klecker for the win. Uh. I think Grant is going to make this team, is going to get second, and is going to say, F you, Ben, you don't know anything about me. He probably won't listen to this podcast. No, probably not. Uh, and I think Woody comes through in third. And, I, yeah, I think Paul gets left off in the 10. I think there's just not that level of experience at that distance to be able to kind of Let pull just, through. He is a world and Olympic medalist. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Let's talk 3K steeple women. World standard in this race is 923. Theme, I don't know, I think first time that we might have an unknown outcome in about a decade. Big names in this race, Her Royal Highness Emma Coburn, multi-time U.S. champion, global medalist, Courtney Freericks of the Bowerman Track Club, question mark, maybe a little bit of an unknown. Courtney Waymont, we have Chrissy Gear, who's come out and run really well this year, Colleen Quigley on the comeback trail from injury, we have Maddie Borman, NCAA champ Olivia Markazich. I mean, this is a good field, but I feel like it all kind of comes together and leaves you with a little bit of a question mark. There's maybe a few unknowns here. What do you think? I think... It's a little bit up to Emma Coburn about how dominant she wants to be. Does she come out, control the race right away, cement the idea that she's going to win from the gun? Or does she come out, play it safe, make sure she qualifies, and let's really the fighting happen with Chrissy Gear and Courtney Waymon up front? Do those two go up front and kind of fight it out? And Courtney Ferricks, Emma Coburn kind of sit back. I don't think that's going to happen, but I think it's a scenario that that could. Um, I think we have a little bit of the question mark for me, I guess, comes in with Courtney, right? We haven't really seen Courtney race that much this year. I know she was hurt. I think she ran a 1500 meters and not a phenomenal time. Yeah. So we just don't really have a good pulse on where is Courtney Fricks. She has been a stalwart in this discipline, just like Emma. I mean, it was always the traditional three of Emma Coburn, Courtney Fricks and Colleen Quigley. And, you know, and they, Col- and they all have question marks and they all have a little bit of a question mark. I mean, I, I think that it would be pretty foolish to doubt Emma Coburn's ability to show up at a U.S. champs and make a team obviously off the track with the loss of her mother it's been perhaps a hard year but i think she never gives you a reason to doubt that she can dominate the u.s women's steeplechase scene and i think we're going to see that again yeah and i think colleen colleen quigley's talent has always shined through she's always had stumbling blocks going into u.s champs and I, I think this is the one year that she has a ton of positivity coming into a U.S. Champs. And I think that could go a really long way. I think if she puts together a really good opening round, builds some confidence out of it, her foot stays together over the steeple barriers, and she comes into the final saying, hey, I, I, I can actually have a spot on this team and I deserve a spot on this team, I think she could be a contender. And then, I mean, you have sort of this upswelling of young talent who perhaps haven't been on the scene as long. I mean, Courtney Waymont obviously had a phenomenal year last year and has shown more of the same this year. So it, it could be a foregone conclusion that Courtney Waymont makes the team. Yeah. But then you have Chrissy Gear, who sort of splashed onto the scene this year. Just splashed. Splashed. 
she's just crushing. I feel like, I, I don't know, I wouldn't bet against Chrissy Gear. She's shown that she has a devastating kick. Yep. And I do think that depending on where we're at with heat, it could be a big deal that someone in a slower race is able to just crush that last, I don't know, from the water barrier on. Yeah. And I think she's run really well in flat distances. She's the one name that kind of stands out in terms of other events. Predictions? I'm going to say that the queen returns mighty again, Emma Coburn for the win. And then I'm going to say Chrissy Gear pulls a little bit of an upset here. It, it doesn't feel like it should be an upset, but I think that somehow it still does. But I'm going to go Chrissy Gear second, and I'm going to go Colleen Quigley. Comeback uh, trail, blazing, hot. hot, coming through. Colleen makes the team. Man, I, I'm going with Coburn as well. I, I, she'll do it. I, I, she's too savvy. Easy lock-in for number one. And I and I have to agree that Chrissy's in there, but I'm going Courtney Waymont, Chrissy Gear, Colleen Quigley fourth, and Courtney somewhere in there. All right. There you have it. Last but not least, 3K steeple men. World standard in this race is 815 fast. This race has me feeling some kind of way. No Evan Jagger, no Hillary Bohr. Times are changing. We're going to see a very different steeplechase team than we've ever seen before. And there are big names who've run relatively fast. We have Bernard Keeter, who's made the last two global teams. Isaac Updike just signed with a new sponsor, training with Dark Sky. We have Mason Furlick, the Olympian, Anthony Rotich. We have collegians who are going to be coming through. Kenneth Rooks, who won the NCAA championships. Duncan Hamilton, who was second. Duncan's coming in with the fastest seed time. I'm just going to give a tiny shout out to Andy Bear, who's on the comeback trail too. I, I don't, I, I'm not really even sure what to even say here. It's hard to have confidence in this, in this event. Yeah, it's really hard. <laughs> To even fathom how this race is going to play out, uh, I think I, I think you're right. And I think the one thing we haven't talked about is that nobody has achieved the world standard. Yet, with world rankings, everybody will slide in, presumably. We've done a little bit of due diligence on that side that we know that there's enough people in that top 35, 50, whatever it'll take to move on. I, I, I think this is a really good opportunity for Isaac Updike, like you said, training in a new environment. He's coming off a few wins. He, he's having success. Uh, and I think it's an opportunity for one of these NCAA guys to step up and run really well. I think Duncan, Duncan Hamilton, Kenneth Rooks could come through and, and make this team and, and push out some of the professional guys. I don't know. I... I'm sort of starting, I feel pretty confident in my number one. I think that that is, is what I feel confident in. And that's that. And who's your number one? Bernard Keeter. I, sure. I watched him at the Portland Track Festival. He ran completely alone. He ran with the lights. He just missed the standard. And he ran with confidence. He ran with a sense of Purpose. someone. 
So Asensipur is someone who's going to be leading the pack, someone who's going to put himself in a very good position. So watching that just made me feel like, okay, this is the guy. This is the guy who's going to step in to this space that has been opened up by two very, very incredibly talented people yeah. not being in this field. Yeah. I, I, I don't disagree. I, I, I think that could happen. I also could see it being a little bit of a, of a, a wild card with these younger guys. I, I, I think these younger guys are going to be hungry and they, they see this opportunity without Evan Jagger and without Hillary Bohr and be like, let's just go out there and just rock it. And, and I would imagine the call room energy is unbelievable. I, I, we haven't touched on that, but I th- I would imagine going into this scenario, both of these college kids take that momentum of, of knowing that they already have achieved something this season, going one-two, and they come in and say, like, we're just here to kind of messed up, up stuff up, or in Ben's terminology, kind of here to fuck shit up. Like, why not? Take your swing, and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But you took a swing. I mean, you're not normally someone who goes by seed times. I love seed times. I'm like, oh, they've run this fast this season. But both Duncan and Kenneth are are in the top four here just based on how fast they've run this season. So if you're talking about who's in form, then that's the indicator. Sure, but Mason Furlick has also made an Olympic team, and we haven't mentioned him yet. And do you think that Mason Frillick is coming through and, and solidifying his place on this team? No, I don't. I don't. I, I, it's just hard to have confidence, right? I, 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 you want to do predictions or should we keep babbling about? <laughs> I think we're at a loss. Do predictions. All right. I'm up with my predictions. I'm going to go with Isaac Updike for the win. I'm going to give it to him. He He's he's riding this high. He's got a new sponsor. It seems like his confidence is through the roof. And then I'm going to go with Duncan Hamilton. Just He's my wild card pick of the meet, I think. And then I'm going to go with Bernard Keeter. I'm going to go Bernard Keeter for the win. Isaac Updike, second. And after that Paris race, I think I'm going to give it to Rotich. Wow. I think Duncan Hamilton's going to come in fourth. But I think, yeah, I think Keeter, Updike, Rotich, one, two, three. Boom. That's it. That's it. We did them all. All of the distance races. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, everybody. If you liked it, let us know. We'll do more in the future.